We begin tonight, though, in Ontario. It has been a tragic year for police officers across this country, but in that province in particular, with the latest shooting death of an Ontario Provincial Police Constable, Greg Persala, uh, over on Tuesday. Uh, the 28-year-old, you may have seen this already, the 28-year-old was on patrol by himself on Tuesday afternoon near the town of Hagersville, that's southwest of Hamilton, when he responded to a call about a car in a ditch, a car that turned out to have been stolen. Police say he was ambushed and shot as soon as he got out of his vehicle. Two suspects fled in another vehicle, allegedly stolen from a passerby who'd stopped at the scene. They were arrested a short distance away. Uh, yesterday, 25-year-old Randall McKenzie of Kingston and 30-year-old Brandy Crystal Lynn Stuart Sperry of Hamilton were charged with first-degree murder in the death uh, of the constable. And there are so many layers to this loss. Uh, first, Constable Priscilla, who had dreamed of becoming a police officer since he was a young boy, had just learned that morning that he'd passed probation after nearly a year with the OPP. Uh, OPP Commissioner Thomas Carrick described him this way. Despite his short time with us, he had been patrolling independently since April of this year, had earned himself a highly regarded and respected reputation from his peers for his dedication to duty, his commitment to being there when his colleagues needed him most. They knew they could rely upon him in the most dangerous and stressful of situations. Now, Priscilla had quite the career before he joined the OPP. He'd been in the armed forces. He'd been a wrestler in university. His former coach, Sean Jarris, who was also a police officer, said they'd kept in touch over the years and they spoke about the risks involved in this profession. This was his dream job. This is what they, he wanted. And, you know, and he knew that the dangers of, you know, the job. I've talked about that before with him and, you know, people just want to, you know, as a police officer, want to help, want to make the world a better place. Some people just don't want that to happen. Now, there are investigations underway to try to figure out exactly what happened, but we are learning more tonight about one of the suspects in this case. Court documents show that Randall McKenzie, the 25-year-old, was prohibited in 2018 for life from possessing any firearms. Then he was released on bail six months ago while facing charges, including assaulting a police officer and possessing a handgun despite that ban. He was initially denied bail, later granted upon review, the bail was at least, and when he failed to attend court uh, a few months ago, a warrant was issued for his arrest. Here again is OPP Commissioner Thomas Carrick. Needless to say, the murder of Constable of Greg, the murder of Constable Greg was preventable. This should have never happened. Something needs to change. Our police officers, your police officers, my police officers, the public, deserve to be safeguarded against violent offenders who are charged with firearms-related offences. Well, joining me now is Mark Baxter. He's the president of the Ontario Police Association, which represents some 45,000 officers from across that province. Thank you so much. And our condolences, of course, to the whole police family in Ontario tonight. Good evening, Ben. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you Thanks for the the words of condolences. You know, it seems not that long ago we were talking about the two officers uh, who were shot and killed um, in Ontario, and here we are talking about it again. It must be such Mm -hmm. a difficult time for for officers right across the province to to have to contend with yet another tragedy. It really is. And, you know, any time any police officer is injured or killed in the line of duty, it really affects all of us, right? We're, We're all doing the same job, just in different communities. And so when one officer... 
uh, is injured or, kill, or killed, uh, it has a, a, ripple, a ripple effect across the profession. Everyone feels it, and our entire policing profession is in mourning uh, as we mourn the, another senseless murder and killing uh, of a police officer in Ontario. You know, I, I, I remember, I think I used the word routine, referring to the, uh, to the Ingersoll, I think it was Ingersoll, uh, um, uh, killing the, the deaths a few months ago. And I was told, you know, there is no such thing as a routine call. They're, they're all calls, right? But again, we, it seems like a situation where it was a fairly typical call. Um, what do we know about the circumstances other than what I talked about? Well, I mean, certainly I, I can tell you what we know is that on Tuesday morning, a young police constable did what all of our members do. He put on a uniform and he went to work to keep his community safe. And as you said it earlier, this was an exciting day for him. He just finished his probation. And at a time during the holiday season where kids are not in school, so many people are not at work and are enjoying the week between Christmas and New Year's with family, with friends at home. Uh, this officer, like so many others, left their families, went to work, and he stopped to help some people that were in the ditch. And when he was there, he was senselessly gunned down uh, by the suspects. And, you know, we're just, our, our hearts are broken for, for his family and for his colleagues. Uh, Innisfil, of course, is where the officers Northrop and Russell were, were killed earlier this year. Mm-hmm. We're hearing a lot about the bail situation for one of the suspects in this case. Uh, we certainly heard the OPP commissioner talking about it. How much of a concern is this? I mean, clearly this was someone who had, had run-ins with the police in the past, had uh, a firearms ban in place. Uh, he'd been granted bail again. Is that a real topic of concern right now? Yeah, it is. I'm concerned. Um, I think it, we have a, a big problem in our system when we've got an accused who's on bail for, you know, not like very serious offenses. You know, he was arrested and it's been widely reported for serious offenses, violent offenses, firearm offenses, assaulting a police officer. You know, he's held in custody for a number of months and then a Superior Court justice decides after some seven or eight months that, you know, pretrial custody is been hard on him and they're going to let him uh they're going to let him out with some strict conditions and um unfortunately you know the 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 conditions as we see so many times uh weren't adhered to and he had a history of not adhering to court-ordered conditions right he was on a firearms prohibition and at least twice now we know he was in possession of a firearm he doesn't attend court gets a warrant and now he has the ability to get access to another firearm and gun down and murder one of our police officers. And, uh, you know, I think, our, you know, I know our members expect better. And as we've heard today from the community that, you know, our society expects a lot better of our justice system. Yeah. Um, what can be done, though? Because, you know, there is the presumption of innocence, obviously, and, and it's a really tricky one, isn't it, when it comes to bail? I know I know you're not a lawyer, uh, but it's mm-hmm. a really tricky one when it comes to bail. And, and how do you respect that presumption, uh, not cra- overcrowd our jails? At the same time, you want to make sure the ones who are capable of, of these sorts of crimes, I should mention, of course, that these are just allegations against this individual at this time, uh, but, you know, that, that those who are who are capable of committing heinous crimes are in fact singled out it's it's a tough one yeah it can be tough i think we need to have real conversation about what we're going to do um with keeping people with having people held in custody um before trial when they're charged with serious offenses when they're charged with an ongoing number of violent offenses there are provisions under the criminal code 
where um, the accused must uh, show cause why they should be released when they've committed certain offenses. And one of those offenses is for uh, failing to comply with previous orders. And so when he was held rightfully uh, over a year ago in custody for the first set of offenses for breaching uh, the firearms prohibition, for being found in possession of a firearm and all of those other charges, you know, he, he had to show cause why he couldn't get out. And then, he, you know, a Superior Court judge in June uh, decided that, you know, it was time to let him out before, before his trial. Mark Baxter is with us, the president of the Ontario Police Association. We're talking about the death of OPP Constable Greg Prashala on Tuesday afternoon, the aftermath, what we've been finding out, at least about one of the two suspects charged with murder in this case, uh, who had been out on bail, who was already had a lifetime firearms ban imposed back in 2018. Um, uh, Greg, uh, uh, Mark, brother, this, this comes after such a, a, a devastating few months uh, when one looks at, you know, I was listening to criminologists talk today about how this isn't a trend and so on. But if you're an outsider like us and you're looking at this, you're thinking, what's going on and what can be done to make sure that 2023 is a safer year for your for your membership? Yeah. And, uh, you know, certainly we hope that it isn't a trend. Um, you know, the murder of Consul Percella obviously is is horrific and senseless. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that we have to do is we have to learn from this. And um, like the other two um Incidents that involved the, the killings of three police officers in Ontario earlier this year. Um, you know, we have to look closely at every detail of what happened, how it happened, why it happened, and then most importantly, is there some way that we can reduce the chances of it happening again? You see, you mentioned I was reading an interview that you'd given elsewhere where you said you, you've seen a change out there too. There are more incidents of police use of force as well. It feels like things are getting there's been a sort of a change out there. And, and I, I get the impression that you would really like to address that with both the Canadian Police Association and governments. Where do you start? Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's the million dollar question. Where do we start? I mean, we are seeing a rise in violence. You know, the crime severity index continues to rise. You know, 2021 crime severity index rose again. Uh, I live uh, just outside the GTA and it seems like every morning I turn on the news and I'm Seeing some other, you know, type of violent incident that's occurred, occurred whether it's a shooting or a homicide or something like that, and so it seems to me that as violent crime is on the rise, obviously, um, police interactions with individuals uh, is is naturally going to also increase, and and it puts our members at risk. It increases use of force um, incidents. Um, you know, there is has been uh, a use or an increase in police-involved um, shootings over the last uh, year um, across the country. And, and, and I attribute it to the, the spike in violent crime that's occurring in our, in our communities. And you've been mentioning as well that at a time when recruitment has been difficult for everybody, uh, that this may dissuade good people from wanting to go into the to, to policing. Yeah. And so, you know, recruiting, you know, just like every other profession, um, policing has a, a recruitment problem right now, right? You know, we, um, we're we not immune to the staffing challenges that we're seeing in healthcare and teaching and really every other profession right now. And so with um, with these incidents that happen, um, it does continue to make recruitment a challenge. But having said that, um, policing is, uh, and particularly policing in Canada, is a, rel- is a safe, there's just a lot of dangers um, but, you know, we're not seeing, fortunately, uh, the number of police officers killed in line of duty like we see in the United States. Um, it's a dangerous job. 
but there, it's a very rewarding job and policing is is a calling and you know we know that there are lots of people out there looking for ways to get involved with their community um, support their community give back to their community and policing is is a great way um, that you can do that just from what i've heard said about him in the last uh, 48 hours it seems like greg Prashala really embodied everything you're talking about that's what that's what it certainly seems to me and you know there's a picture um going around uh, on social media of him with i think with, with a horse from uh, a county fair um down in, in the hagersville area uh this past fall and you know obviously you know i when i see that photo i think of of a police officer at the fair interacting with the public building relationships uh, and building bridges um between the public and between the police and and I just everything we hear and everything we see about uh, about Greg is is yeah is that he embodied all of that. And we know tomorrow there'll be a procession, right, uh, with his remains from Toronto back to his hometown of Barrie. Another sad day, I guess, for obviously for uh, for Ontario police and for police right across the country. This has been a tough year, and it feels like this is a really tragic end to what has already been a really tough five months. Yeah, it's um, the the procession is going to take place tomorrow from the Center of Forensic Science uh, at 9 a.m. I, I'm going to be there with I know a lot of uh, my policing colleagues, and you know we know a lot of a lot of the public are going to come out. And um, the one, you know, if there's anything positive that can come from the tragedies that we've had in the last number of months, is that we hear from the silent majority of the public that they do support the police um, and that they're appreciative of the job that we do that we don't often hear about and it's unfortunate it takes events like this to happen um for for us to hear it uh from the community and so i i'm confident tomorrow and i encourage members of the community to get on the overpasses going up highway 400 support um show your support to the men and women that are going to be escorting uh his body up to uh, to a funeral home in barry and i'm sure the rest of us from afar will be watching tomorrow morning as well mark thank you so much for your time tonight yeah thanks for having me